0: Hi. Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. Bob Irving stops by after day two of CFL free agency to talk about what the Bombers have done, what everyone else has done so far. Also, the MJHL report will head to Swan River. The Stampeders are having a fantastic season, one of the best in their franchise's history. We'll talk to assistant coach Darren Webster and Teams for Tampons, what U of M Bison students are doing for a good cause. That's on the podcast in the cfl today day two of free agency jonathan jennings goes to ottawa with trevor harris leaving he'll fill the void at quarterback winnipeg blue bombers signing defensive back winston rose the one move that they made today it's been a pretty quiet free agency for the winnipeg blue bombers and a man who was here in studio with us for three hours yesterday afternoon For our free agency coverage was Bob Irving, and Bob joins me now on the CJB Sports Show.
1: Did you have fun yesterday, Bob? Yeah, I did, Christian. There's never been a day like it in the history of the Canadian Football League uh, with so many free agents and so much activity. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun to watch everything unfold. And the pizza was good, too. The pizza was outstanding. Yes.
0: So we learned a lot yesterday. We'll uh we'll start let's start with Willie Jefferson just because I haven't had your take on this. We we kind of speculated on could Winnipeg get him how big of an impact it would be if he were to come to Winnipeg. He does now. How does that change their defense?
1: Well, it adds uh, some ferocity to their front four or, you know, front three whatever they happen to play in a given package. Christian, he's just uh, he's a monster. You know, players around the league rave about him. Big, tall guy, 6'5". His uh, his arms hang down almost to his knees, and he's got huge hands. And, you know, we saw all the great plays he made last year. He's a playmaker, so he certainly make their pass rush more dynamic. uh, The kind of player that uh, every team in the league was after. I think he had six other offers or six other teams, I'm told, that were aggressively pursuing him. And he chose the Bombers for a number of reasons, one of which is he feels they have a good chance to win, win a championship. Uh, he told him that, and, uh, you know, he's going to make good money. He probably could have made a little more elsewhere, but he just felt like this was a good fit for him. So, yeah, to land a player, like it hurts the Riders. I know in Saskatchewan they're quite distressed that uh, they're not able to bring him back. He's only 27 years old, and, uh, yeah, he's a real force.
0: We talked a lot about the secondary of the Bombers. They re-signed Brendan Alexander. Kevin Fogg is now in Toronto. Taylor Loeffler now in Montreal. And today it's Winston Rose coming over from B.C. Really his first full season in the CFL last year. He played uh, just about, he started 15 games at cornerback with five interceptions. How much does he help the Bombers cause on defense?
1: Well, he's a veteran, yeah. He he, had 15 starts last year, and he was in Ottawa before he went to B.C., So he knows his way around the league. And I think it was important that the Bombers get a player like this, Christian. Uh, He had five picks, as you said. Uh, He's a good, solid player. And uh, he would certainly be a leading contender to win one of the cornerback spots. So I think this was a need that they had. And certainly they went out in pursuit today of finding somebody exactly like Winston Rose. And of all the uh, defensive backs available, I would say they got uh, one that's as good as any of them.
0: So now we're uh, almost two full days into free agency after we sleep tonight. We get to talk to Kyle Walters tomorrow afternoon, 1 o'clock. He's available. But do you see them making any moves ahead of that? Will they get a receiver?
1: Well, it's a very good question. And one I know the fans are asking, uh, and they feel there's a need there too, and I think the Bombers do as well. They are still in the running for Darrell Walker of the – formerly of the Edmonton Eskimos, now a free agent. He's in Toronto tonight, Christian. I I don't know if you're aware of that. The Argos are trying very hard to sign Walker. As a matter of fact, he's at the Raptors game. He's in the MLSE uh, suite tonight as the Argos wine and dine him and try to convince him that Toronto should be his next football home. The Bombers have been in contact, and uh, I'm told they're prepared to pay Mr. Walker a lot of money to come to Winnipeg, whether or not uh, they can convince him Uh, To leave Toronto and and come here. I don't know, but they're certainly interested in him. Uh, And the other receiver that uh, I know that they have an interest in is Chris Matthews, the former bomber who wound up in Calgary last year and now he's going the free agent route again. He's still sniffing around the NFL. He'd love one more chance to go play down there. Uh, But the bombers have spoken to him, and he's another possibility. I think, though, if they could get Walker, that would just be a a real home-run Christian. He's, in in my view, as good a receiver as there's been in the CFL the last three or four years, and there's a lot of interest in him. There's more than one team, and the Argos are certainly pitching very hard after losing out on Bo Levi Mitchell, and I'm sure you saw the stories today that yeah. came out over the contract they offered Bo Levi Mitchell. A lot of money. At, <laughs> yeah, starting at seven fifty and then going up by $50,000 a year. So they really went... Above and beyond trying to convince Bo Levi to leave Calgary, and then of course Bo Levi turned around and it, it put that offer <laughs> on the table in front of John Offnagel, and said, "Look, I'll give you guys the, the first refusal, the right to match." And Calgary did, but they're paying Bo more than they intended to. The Stampeders are because the Argos pushed the asking price up so high. So Toronto's really desperate to, you know, do something really significant to kind of kindled that market a, a little bit better, and a by Mitchell would have done that. Durrell Walker wouldn't have the same impact. But the Argos were busy today. Uh, they signed Toby Antigua. He's a defensive lineman who's been Saskatchewan uh, Christian. He's a fabulous athlete. They re-signed Sean Lemon, who they had before who went to BC. They signed Chris Rainey away from the mm-hmm. Lions, a dynamic uh, kick returner. They signed Maka Alway, AWE, a linebacker who was in BC last year. Had some injury issues, but he's a Pretty good player, so Tyrell Sutton didn't get a didn't get the big name, but they signed a lot of guys today.
0: Yeah, and the Argos also added Tyrell Sutton from uh, Tyrell Montreal. Sut-
1: yeah, the running back. Uh, they re-signed Tyler Holmes, who's one of their uh, top Canadian offensive linemen. That was very significant for them. And of course, we, yesterday they signed Kevin Fogg, and they signed Corey Johnson, the uh, poop Johnson, mm-hmm. who was here in Winnipeg and then wound up in Saskatchewan after he left the Bombers late last year. So the Argos were very, very busy today, uh, and the big—I guess—the big signing today was uh, Ottawa landing John Jennings, yeah. Jonathan Jennings. So their quarterback situation's a little bit stronger now, and they also signed Ryan Lankford, the former yeah. Blue Bomber. So that was a another busy day, but not nearly as impactful no, as yesterday.
0: It was impossible to be as impactful yeah. as as yesterday. That's but right. back to Darrell Walker, just for a second here—you saw the money that they were willing to put on the table for Bo Levi-Mitchell. I just can't imagine a scenario where Jim Pop lets Darrell Walker leave Toronto without putting a signature on a piece of paper. Do you?
1: Well, no, I'm sure that's their intention. Uh, There's no doubt about that. And uh, if he's, uh, Jim Pop's ready to, you know, meet the demands of Darrell Walker and they're close to $300,000 a year, which would make him the highest paid receiver probably in the history of the Canadian football league. Um, then I, I imagine he will stay in Toronto. I have no idea what Darrell Walker's thinking. Because
0: um, the Bombers can't match that.
1: No, not if it's that high. Uh, I would say they're prepared to go deep into the twos to get them. Okay. No. Uh But I know if it gets up to close to three, I just think they'd have to back off because that's that's really a lot to pay a receiver. But Toronto again is desperate to. You know, make some noise down there, and they're in a position where they didn't get some of the the big gunners they tried to get, and uh, this guy would certainly, you know, be in that ballpark anyway, and he and so, and would make a difference to their team, never mind any impact he'd have in the market, and it would be minimal, I think, because... Yeah. Uh, he's a receiver, but uh, he certainly would make their quarterbacks excited. <laughs> well, It looks like James Franklin is going to be their quarterback, and he'd love to have Darrell Walker to throw to.
0: Well, and you look at the East right now after the moves of the last 36 hours, how, weak, how much weaker is the East, which was already way weaker than the West, yeah. compared to what it was last year now?
1: No, that's right. I think we commented on that at length yesterday. Now, the teams in the East, at Toronto, Ottawa, and Montreal, all... Again, we're busy today yeah. signing players, kind of second-tier players, I guess I'd call them, uh, guys who bounced around. Montreal did some good work, though. I mean, they signed uh, Devier Posey, who's a good receiver. Patrick Levels, who the fans wouldn't know very well. He was in Calgary. He's a defensive back, and he's a good one. Bola Combo is a Canadian linebacker who was in B.C. last year. He's been kind of a an enigma, but he's a very talented guy, and if they can... Uh, get him going that'll be a big plus for them and then of course taylor Lothler, yeah who will automatically be their starting uh, safety so the, i mean the owls did some things today to make themselves better for sure
0: all right before i let you go other than receivers or anything else the bombers need to do
1: i think now that they've signed winston rose and, and beefed up their secondary a little bit uh, getting that receiver would certainly be their top priority christian uh, you know, they've still got some of their own free agents. Western Dressler is a player, and I don't know how that's all going to shake down. Uh, Keenan LaFrance, who was a backup running back last year, is still out there. And I'm not quite sure how much interest the Bombers have in re-signing him. And then the 2D linemen, Drake Nevis and Tristan opala uh, I don't think they're going to make a big effort to bring those guys back. But uh, maybe if there's not a lot of interest elsewhere, they wind up back here at a, a price the Bombers feel comfortable with. So... Uh, beyond that, you no, know, I don't think there's any particular need, but I, my guess is that they'll be keeping an eye on things for sure for the next couple of days to see if there's somebody out there that uh, just might be a good fit.
0: All right, Bob, I appreciate your time as always, and uh, enjoy the rest of your offseason.
1: <laughs> okay, Christian, anytime.
0: We'll head to Swan River for one of the better stories in the league this year. The Stampeders are in third place, enjoying success that they really have hardly ever seen since their inception in 1999 with ten games to play the stamps have seventy five points, making it already their fourth best season ever with four more points it'll be their second best season since a ninety four point effort back in two thousand and two two thousand and three now we're joined by assistant coach and director of player personnel Darren Webster who's been with the team for six years now and Darren has the team been building towards this season or has it kind of just come out of nowhere
2: no 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 this this is this has been a building we've had we've had uh well, we had two coaching changes in the past five years, and that's never an easy thing when when a coach leaves, a new one comes in. Um, it's but it's been it's been a combination of everything. We've had community involvement. Uh, we had a basically a, a rearrangement of our board of directors, and they've done a fantastic job of of getting the direction of the franchise um, in a, in, a, in a different direction than than it had been going. Um, the hiring of Barry Wolf at the beginning of this season has been has been a, a great uh, change for the organization in a real positive way. And, and it's the fact that the community has really embraced the team this year. Um, our players are out in the community a lot more than, than they have. And that's, that, that's probably a big difference. The biggest difference um, off the ice is our players are interacting with, uh, with our season ticket holders and our business, uh, business community that are basically the major sponsorship of our, of our team.
0: How important is that, that players get out in the community in these junior towns?
2: It's vital. Um, junior teams don't they don't survive unless we have uh, the support of our of, of our business leaders. Big part of I know speaking from our organization, big part of our revenue comes from from the business community and and you know their continued donations. Um, we've got everything from um, corporate sponsorship to our fundraising efforts. So basically, you know, just people in the community that aren't even follow hockey that are buying season that are buying or raffle tickets and. And and uh, our big, you know, twenty thousand dollar lotto draw at Christmas time. It's if you don't have people buying tickets, you don't have corporate sponsorship. You don't have volunteers. Our team doesn't exist.
0: Josh Tripp, right now leading the league and scoring seventy six points in fifty one games. He's from Swan River. What does he mean to this team?
2: No, he's he, he's a big part. He's uh, you know you, you can't you can't. Uh, Downgrade what his what he's done, seventy six points, he's it doesn't doesn't surprise us one bit. I've known Josh since he's been playing hockey here in Adam. He's uh he's he's a big part of everything we do, whether it's five on five, power play, penalty kill, um, brings leadership into the dressing room and his experience. He's been playing um junior since seventeen. And he's big, you know, for a younger players. is uh he's a role model and they look up to him and, and watch how he, you know, performs a night and Night by night basis, and he's uh, definitely made our team a lot better.
0: Is it common in the MJHL for players to kind of stay at home and play for the junior team right around where they grew up?
2: It, yeah, it is very common. You see a lot of times. Basically, kind of how our system works is we're allowed to auto protect two locals every single year, and so we have the you know we have the ability at you know at, their, at the secondary band to auto pick them, and and they're already in our organization they grew up watching it and. And it is common, you know, you do see sometimes local players do get traded. Uh, some local players that don't even get protected and end up uh, trying out for other teams and, you know, maturing at a at an older age, and, and their local teams don't give them a chance. But it's it, it's common for players, you know, like Josh, that who was the best at his bantam age and, and growing up through midget, that, you know, they come back and play for their home team.
0: And when you see them growing up through the system, this is someone... And there are, I imagine, players down the road like this, where you you identify them early on and say we need to keep an eye on this guy because we want him playing for our team in a few years.
2: Exactly. No, you, you, you know, we 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 always go watch our local our local teams, whether it's you know, basically from novice up. You, you want ever being such a small community and, and a hockey community, you you get to watch them at a young age and following through. For so, Josh, he's you know played in all the way up to our, you know, our provincial Bantam AAA to midget AAA. And we had an opportunity to uh, make the team at 17 and, and right away, he made a huge impact so point wise um, as a, as a rookie, he was uh, one of our, our public school scores at 17.
0: And I assume he still gets to stay at home too. And he gets to stay at home.
2: Yep. Man. get Get home cook cooking.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Gotta love that. So right now, You've already clinched a playoff spot. You're right now third in the MJHL standings, right behind Steinbach, kind of fighting for that second spot behind Portage. Does it matter where you finish in the standings? Is that critical? You know, it's you know, it's easy to say, no, it doesn't matter to us. For
2: us, it doesn't matter who we play, Um, and that's and that's all. Honestly, there's no you know, everyone would have a team to play for us. We're not changing how we play. Uh, We've matched up well against all teams in the league this year. We're comfortable. It's Every team brings a, every team brings a different look in and in different systems, and you got to play differently. But for us, uh, we want to finish. We want, well, of course, we want to finish first. That our goal is is, is win a, win out and hopefully have a chance. But wherever we end up, we're uh, we're uh, it doesn't matter to us. We're just going to have to change our game to who we play.
0: Your next game is Friday night at home against Portage. Is it always a bigger atmosphere when the Portage Terriers are the opponent?
2: It is. It's uh, it, it's a lot bigger. And I know the buzz around the community is even there. This is the you know, Porridge was just here like uh, two weeks ago, and after that game, both teams. It was probably the best game we've we've played, and we've seen Porridge play. Um, it was end end action. It was it was one of those games where you know you look at the Super Bowl. Everyone complained that there was no there was no point score. Well, there was you know, only one goal score with at the end of overtime, but the action, the physicality. The intensity when you get two uh, two teams that are that are battling, um, you know, in the upper line of the standings, and yeah, no, we've got a buzz around the community, and everyone's actually looking forward to coming home.
0: What kind of draw do you guys get for your games?
2: Our games, we we've been averaging over three hundred to three fifty. We would obviously like a lot more. I know our last game we had over five hundred, and and that's kind of what we we hope to expect going forward. Um. You know, and I don't want to make any excuses, but you know, the, the team for a while, when you're not winning and you're, and you're barely making playoffs, you're not getting into playoffs. It's easy for you know past people to say, "Well, I'm not going to go to game," and, it, and but now that the team's having a lot of success and and playing entertaining hockey and on a nightly basis, we are getting uh, you know week by week our crowds are increasing as we approach playoffs. So it's important to us. We our our players feed off it. Um, we need the fan base in order for our organization to to survive, and and we're, uh, we're happy to see that uh, the numbers are going up, not down.
0: Well, Darren, I appreciate you joining me tonight on the sports show, and best of luck throughout the rest of the season. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Joined on the line by Naomi Kirschenblatt, who is with the Manitoba Bisons women's swim team. Naomi, how are you tonight?
3: I'm good. How are you?
0: Doing well. You're also the co-president of the University of Manitoba Athletic Council. Uh we'll start with the uh the swim team this year one of the best teams in the country. Uh how has the season gone for you?
3: Um it's it's been going all right. Uh, it's been busy. We're wrapping up next I guess the end of the varsity season. Um caps off this coming or next week in Vancouver for U Sports Championships. That's nationals. Yeah.
0: What's your specialty?
3: Um breaststroke. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh I guess you probably get asked about Kelsey Wagg a lot.
3: Yeah, she's she's very cool, She's very nice, and very humble, and very fast. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: I've talked to her a couple of times. That basically describes mm-hmm. it. I always, to Kelsey, all these accomplishments, mentions. she says, yeah, yeah, it's good.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's good. <laughs> Sounds about right.
0: Yeah. So there's a, a fundraiser going on right now, started earlier this week, runs through tomorrow, called Teams for Tampons. Tell me more about that.
3: Yeah. So um, every year in December, all the Bison, different teams, we all volunteer at Solo Mission. And a few years ago, a couple of girls and myself who were volunteering. And on the Westman side, native tour, Sean Tarver has been on the show before. The who was touring and one of the men yeah, on we, that team it could be us could like, yeah, he was showing us the hygiene products. And he said, yeah, we usually hand out two to three products per experience or like for one woman for her entire, I guess, period. And she was like, they were like, yeah. So we kind of thought that was kind of insane. So ever since then, for the last three years, we've um, fundraised every year and every year we kind of, connect and get more people aware of it. And we raise a bunch of money, go to Costco and buy a a whole bunch of tampons and then deliver it to some local shelters.
0: How much of this process has been educating uh, some people that may not have known just what the needs are?
3: Um, a lot, a lot of people are like completely shocked by that, and also it's kind of fun. Like I, one of the reasons we like calling it Teams for Tampons is because when we set up our booth in the university center at the U of M, we get a lot of guys walking by, and they see the word tampons, and they're like, they look completely horrified. <laughs> so I'm like, it's it's not that scary, and then they they kind of talk to us, and we usually have free snacks if they <laughs> give us some other time, so so they're into that. <laughs>
0: well, yeah, I guess you can get guys into anything if you give them snacks.
3: Yeah. For sure.
0: So uh, I guess, what how, what have you learned? This is now the third annual Teams for Tampons fundraiser. What have you learned yeah. through three years from doing this?
3: Well, I think, I don't know. I've like, I've learned a lot. Like I've learned about a lot of different great organizations in the city. Like Salome for sure is one of them, but we were able to connect with the North Point Douglas Women's Center and their Mama Bear clan. We just kind of learned a lot. There's a lot of people doing a lot of good things and we're just like super happy to be part of that and to be able to, give such a necessary product i think um uh, like a lot of women who go to these types of centers or shelters are looking to get back on their feet and find a job and i think i as i can just say like personally i think for anyone you'd be super uncomfortable in your body if you don't if you're not properly equipped to take care of yourself if you have your period so i think um being able to help someone with that is it's it they should be like free so just that we can help people with that it's really rewarding we really enjoy that
0: absolutely and it's something that maybe people don't think about when they're gi- giving donations to these shelters it's an additional step that women have to go mm-hmm. through that men that are trying to fight to get on their feet don't have to deal with
3: mhm for sure yeah they get a lot of a lot of donations they always need a lot of donations all the shelters but i feel like they can never get enough of like necessary hygiene products like even like razors and toothbrushes are also super important but probably a little bit more common than campons and et cetera.
0: Right. So uh, I guess what, how has the fundraising gone through the first three days now?
3: Um, So we have like a GoFundMe link, which is like not as popular. A lot of people kind of just bring us boxes of products or um, cash, but it's been going pretty well where I haven't actually counted up everything. I try and like wait to do that for the end because I don't want to like get too excited, but It's been going really well. We get a lot of, like, awesome reception. We've had a lot of people come, and they're like, oh, we'll come back tomorrow, and then they come back with, like, a huge bag of, like, several boxes of products, which is super nice to see that people aren't just, like, fluffing you off. So, yeah.
0: So if people want to donate, uh, they can either come to the university tomorrow or they can go to the GoFundMe link, Bison Teams for Tampons?
3: Yeah, exactly, yeah. Bison Teams for Tampons, and if anyone has, like products instead of like financial donations we have a, an email account buys and teams for tampons at gmail.com and it's the number four for both the goFundMe and for the the Gmail it's the bison teams for tampons like the number four yeah
0: well Naomi I think this is a great initiative that your team is doing and I wish you the best of luck uh, tomorrow and that uh, your swim championships coming up as well
3: yeah thank you so much for your time
2: It's 425.
3: Or, or
0: 625. That wasn't even close to the right time. It's man. 625. I 625. always do that. All right, Christian, I'm gonna save us. going to make a montage at some point. Please don't. It to, oh, it's happening. Check out the CJOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. with Christian O'Mel and the Sports Show Podcast. Not available on iTunes. Not available on Google Podcasts. Not available anywhere you get your favorite podcasts. Yes.